Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Good morning. This is Minister McMillan. Um, this morning I was going to, and I still am, going to read again from the Lost Books of the Bible. However, uh, some things came to mind this morning after listening to a few sermons early on. Um, and I think I really need to get into this. I kind of touched on it before. Um, but the tree needs to be shaken, so to speak. And um, people need to listen because we're in a time right now where we can't play around anymore. We have to be serious um, and we have to understand things correctly. We just came out of the season. Um, everyone was celebrating and having fun, and you know now we're into the new year. We need to set things straight. Um, it took me a while, took me a couple of years to get it together. Um, so I realized you're not perfect, but we have to do better. Um, as I was reading to you the other day um, from the Lost Books and Bibles, and again, it's mentioned also in the Holy Bible itself. If you pay careful attention to the seasons and the time, you'll understand. But as they mention in the Lost Books of the Bible, uh, when Joseph came back uh, from his work and found um, that Mary was pregnant, um, if you note the time of the season and the calendar year, now we're not talking about the Gregorian calendar. We are under the Gregorian calendar in the Western world. Um, this, the calendar for the uh, Israelites, the Hebrews, was not the Gregorian calendar. They were under the moon calendar, the lunar calendar. And so their times are different. And if, you, if you're not sure about it, go online and look up the calendar. But if you count the time, the new year starts... Um, in October, um, I'm sorry, ends in October. <laughs> it begins in April, around April, okay, uh, late March, early April. Um, so if you count your calendar that way, uh, April, uh, March, April, April, May, May, June, June, July, July to August, August to September would be six months when he returned. So you're looking at possibly late September going into October. Now, everyone is uh, saying that Christ was born during Christmas, and this is what the story is when Christmas comes along. It's the story of Christ Jesus. 
Okay, it's a story about Christ Jesus, but it's not the true story. Okay, the true story is that he was not born in December. He was born around the months of fall, which would put him into September, October, probably mid-October. And if you uh, really want to investigate, you can go online and look it up, and you'll see um, they have uh, the uh, synagogues and things have said that this is possibly the time when he was born. Um, and one of the interesting things about it is because uh, God is known for saying he is the beginning and he is the end. And what season do we find uh, life in the beginning and the end? It's usually fall. Things, uh, things are dying and some things are coming to life, beginning and end. Um, also, this is the time when harvest comes about. New, new things uh, are brought upon the earth and they're ready to be uh, plucked. Okay? Um, one of the things that really... Uh, stands out in the story is um, one of the things that stands out in the story is that uh, he is so surprised that uh, she is but then um because the angels come and they tell him as they told her what was transpiring. Um, I just feel that we need to get things right in order. It's okay to celebrate uh, Christmas during December, but let's not... Um, willfully um, spread a story that is not true for that time of the year. Uh, let's put that story where it belongs on the actual time of his birth and let's really celebrate his birth. You know, September and October roll around and no one really even thinks about it, except for those who are celebrating Sukkoth and uh, Yom Kippur, and, you know, they themselves celebrate the season. But it's not celebrated with... It's not uh, celebrated all over the world with adulation and... Uh, glory and the way it is during Christmas and that should not be if that truly is the time of his birth 
Should we not be celebrating it as we do Christmas? And should we not be um, producing the gifts that the Lord has given us, such as healing and uh, prayer, you know, extensive prayer for people, uh, giving food and clothing um, at that time of the year. Yes, some people do because, as I said, uh, the people who do celebrate Sukkot and uh, Yom Kippur, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, they know these things and they do do these things. Um but it is not widespread across the world, and it should be. Um, food uh, should be offered to the poor, uh, clothing, housing. That's the time of the year when those things should be uh, great at hand. Um, and as humans, we do a great uh, unjust to humans because we overlook the fact that that is the time of Christ's birth and we are not exhibiting the gifts that he has so lovingly given to us. Um, And again, I say that's not taking away from Christmas. Christmas is a cute fairy tale. Okay, and... um, Unfortunately, um, the um, businesses have utilized it to great extents to the point where they have um, extended it all the way to, uh, you know, summer. I mean, they start gearing up in uh, June and July for Christmas. Um, <laughs> uh which, you know, that's okay. Uh, but again, this that's, that's a holiday that's literally a worldly holiday, a pagan holiday. It is not really the birth of Christ. And so, you know, that was placed on my mind this morning um, to speak about it because... We say that we love Christ and we love God. But then when you look at our actions, our actions speak louder than words. What are we doing? Why are we not celebrating the Lord's birth, his real birth? This is the man that gave his life for us, for all human beings. Why are we not celebrating his birth on his birth? Not two months later. That makes no sense. And it should not be called Christmas because... uh, (laughs) If you break down the word Christmas, it's not, you know, (laughs) look it up. You'll see what I'm saying. Um, It should be called just what it is, Christ's birthday. And it should be celebrated 
in high esteem and glory and honor. Okay. Well, that's what I had to say on that topic. Um, that's something, you know, I said, like I said, I said this morning and I listened to quite a few sermons and everyone was talking about uh, Christ's birth and the story of Christ. And it just it looked like every story was really annoying me. And I was like, what is the matter? Why am I feeling this way? Then I thought about it and I said, you know, because it's not right. That's why. It's not right. We're, we are um, pushing a lie. And as Christians, as believers in Christ, we should not be doing that. We should make the difference. We should uh, teach our people, our children. Um, Christmas is the time of the year when you you give gifts and you have food and it's a festival. But the Lord's birth is sacred. It too is a festival, but it's a time that you give praise and glory and honor to the one who brought us to this world and gave us life. So I just want everybody to think about that today um, and consider it. Consider what I'm saying. Um, Not saying that you have to stop uh, celebrating Christmas. Just celebrate it in a different manner. manner. Celebrate it as it is. It's a a feast festival day uh, that's kind of like a starter for the new year during the time when it's cold and dreary. And really, that's what Christmas was many years ago before the um, before the uh, stores store business got into it and changed it and made it into Santa Claus and and all that uh prior to that it was a, a time of the year when people got together they had a festival to lift everyone's spirits because of the cold dark dreary time of the year so let's remember that for what it really is And let's get back to what is true and correct. Okay? All right. Now, that's all I have to say on that topic. Now, uh, we're going to go into today's uh, verse. Now, we left off at... Paul and Thecla. So we're going to pick up there today. Okay. Put you over here. All right, let's bow our heads in prayer before we start. Lord, we ask Almighty God that you be in this word today with us and that you help us to understand this word. Father, 
We ask, Almighty God, that you be in all things that we do. And we thank you for your guidance, Lord. We thank you, Almighty God, for all that you do for us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, this is the second chapter of Paul in Thecola. While Paul was preaching this sermon in the church, which was in the house of Onephius, a certain virgin named Thecla, whose mother, whose mother's name was Thecolia, and who was betrothed to a man named Thymyris, sat at a certain window in her house. From whence by the advantage of the window in the house where Paul was, she both night and day heard Paul's sermon concerning God, concerning charity, concerning faith in Christ, and concerning prayer. Nor would she depart from the window till with exceeding joy she was subdued to the doctrine of faith. At length, when she saw many women and virgins going to Paul, she eagerly desired that she might be thought worthy to appear in his presence and hear the word of Christ, for she had not yet seen Paul's person, but only heard his sermon and that alone. But when she would not be prevailed upon to depart from the window, her mother sent to Thamius, who came with the greatest pleasure as hoping now to marry her, according he said to Thessalonians. Theosia, sorry, where is my vessel? Okay, so they all got these names that begin with T-H-E and go on from there. <laughs> so, kind of tongue ties you. Um... Theosia replied, now this is the mother, Thamaris, uh, Fam, Fam, uh, I have something very strange to tell you. For Thessia, for the space of three years, will not move from the window, not so much as to eat or drink, but is so intent in hearing the artful and delusive discourses of a certain foreigner that I perfectly admire, Thamris, that a young woman of her known modestly will suffer herself to be so prevailed upon. For that man had disrupted the whole city of Iconium, and even your Thessia, 
among others, all the women and young men flocked to him to receive his doctrine, who besides all the rest tells them that there is but one God, who alone is to be worshipped, and that we ought to live in we ought to live in chastity. Notwithstanding this, my daughter Thesla, like a spider's web fastened to the window, is captivated by the discourse of Paul and attends upon them with with prodigious eagerness and vast delight, and thus by attending on what he says, the young woman is seduced. Now then, do you go and speak to her, for she is betrothed to you. Accordingly, Thamaris went and having saluted her and taking care not to surprise her, he said, Thassila, my spouse, why sittest thou in the in this melancholy posture? What strange impressions are made upon thee? Turn to Thamaris and blush. Her mother also spake to her after the same manner and said, Child, why doest thou sit so melancholy and like one Astonish, makest no reply. Then they weep exceedingly. Thamaris, that he had, that he had uh, lost his spouse. Thassila, Thassila, that's the mother, that she had lost her daughter and the maids that they had lost their mistress. And there was an unusual mourning in the family. But all these things made no impression upon Thessala. So as to incline her so much as to turn to them and take notice of them, for she still regarded the discourse, discourses of Paul. Then Thamarus, Thamarus, ran forth into the street to observe who they were who went into Paul and came out from him. And he saw two men engaged in a very warm dispute and said to them, Sirs, what business have you here? And who is that man within belonging to you who deludes the minds of men, both young men and virgins, persuade them that they ought not to marry, but continues as they are. I promise to give you a considerable sum if you will give me a just account of him, for I am the chief person of this city. Demas and Hermogenes replied, We cannot so exactly tell who he is. But this we know that he deprives young men and 
young men of their indeed wives and virgins of their indeed husbands by teaching there can be no future resurrection unless ye continue in chastity and do not defile your flesh then said uh Thamaris, come along with me to my house and refresh yourself so they went to very splendid entertainment where there was wine in in abundance and very rich provisions. They were brought to a table richly spread and made to drink plentifully by Thamaris on account of the love he had for for Thessala, and his desire to marry her. Then Thamaris said, I desire ye would inform me what the doctrine of this Paul's are, that I may understand them, for I am under no small concern about Thessala, seeing she so delights in the strangest discourse that I am in danger of losing my intended wife. Then Damas and Hermogenes uh, answered both together and said, Let him be brought before the governor Castilius as one who endeavors to persuade the people into the new religion of Christians. And he, according to the order of Caesar will put him to death, by which means you will obtain your wife. While we are the same time will teach her that the resurrection which she speaks of is already come and cons- and consists in our having children, and that we then arose again. Then we came to the knowledge of God. Thamaris, having this account from them, was filled with hot resentment. And rising early in the morning, he went to the house of Onisphere, of one Sephirus, attended by the magistrate, the jailer, and a great multitude of people with staves and said to Paul, Thou hast perverted the city of Iconium, and among the rest, Thessala, who is betrothed to me, so that now she will not marry me. Thou shalt therefore go with us to the governor Castilians. And all the multitude cried, Out! away with this imposter. Uh, Out and away with this imposter. For he has prevented the minds of our wives. Excuse me. He has perverted the minds of our wives and all the people hearkened to him. Okay, this is now chapter 4. 
Then Thamma, standing before the governor's judgment seat, spanked with a loud voice in the following manner, O governor, I know not whence this man cometh, but he is the one who treaches that matrimony is unlawful. Command him, therefore, to declare before you for what reason he publishes such, such doctrines. While he was saying this, Demas, Demas excuse me, and Hermon, Hermogenes whispered to Thamius and said that he is Christian and he will presently be put to death. But the governor was more deliberate and calling to Paul. He said, Who art thou? What doest thou teach? They seem to lay gross crimes to thy charges. Paul then spake with a loud voice, saying, As I am now called to give an account, O governor, of my doctrine, I desire your audience, that God, who is a God of vengeance, and who stands in need of nothing but the salvation of his creatures, has sent me to reclaim them for their wickedness and corruption from all sinful pleasures and from death, and to persuade them to sin no more. On this account, God sent his Son, Jesus Christ, whom I preach and in whom I entrust men to place their hopes as that person who only had such compassion on the delude world that it might not. O governor, he condemned but have faith. Be condemned but have faith. The fear of God, the knowledge of religion, and the love of truth. So that if I only teach those things which I have received by revelation from God, where is my crime? When the governor heard this, he ordered Paul to be bound and to be put to, put in prison till he should be more at leisure to hear him more fully. But in the night, Vesela, taking off her earrings, gave them to the turnkey of the prison, who then opened the doors to her and let her in. And when she made a present of a silver-looking glass to the jailer, uh, was allowed to go into the room where Paul was, and then she sat down at his feet and heard from him the great things of God. And as she perceived Paul not to be afraid of suffering, but that by divine assistance he behaved himself with courage, her faith so far increased that she kissed his chains. Chapter 5 At length, Thessala was missed and sought for by the family and by Themaris in every street as though she had been lost. But one of the porter's fellow servants told them that she had gone out in the nighttime. Then they examined the porter, and he told them that she was gone to the prison to the strange man. 
They went therefore according to his direction, and there found her. And when they came out, they got a mob together and went and told the governor all that happened, upon which he ordered Paul to be brought before his judgment seat. Thessala, in the meantime, laid swallowing in the ground in the prison in that same place where Paul had set to teach her, upon which the governor also ordered her to be brought before his judgment seat, which summons she received with joy and went. When Paul was brought thither, the mob with more vehemence cried out, He is a magician, let him die. Nevertheless, the governor attended with pleasure upon Paul's discourse of the holy works of Christ, and after cancel called, he summoned Thessala and said to her, Why do you not, according to the law of the Iconians, marry Themaris? She stood still, and her eyes fixed upon Paul, and finding she made no reply, Thess, the Osilla, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. This is her mother. Cried out, saying, Let the unjust creature be burnt. Let her be burnt in the midst of their theater for refusing Thamaris, that all women may learn from her to avoid such practices. Then the governor was exceedingly concerned and ordered Paul to be whipped, to be whipped out of the city and desolate to be burnt. So the governor arose and went immediately into into three, and all the people went forth to see the dismantle site. But Thessala, just as a lamb in the wilderness looks every way to see her shepherd, looked around for Paul. And as she was looking upon the multitude, she saw the Lord Jesus in the likeness of Paul and said to herself, Paul, has come to see me in my distressed circumstances. And she fixed her eyes upon him, but he instantly ascended up to heaven while she looked on him. Then the young man and the woman brought wood and straw for the burning of Thessala, who being, who being brought naked to the stake, Escorted tears from, uh, tears from the governor, with surprise, beholding the greatness of her beauty, and when they had placed the wood in or- order, the people commanded her to go upon it, which she did, first making the sign of the cross. Then the people set fire to the pile, through the flame was exceedingly large. It did not touch her, for God took compassion on her 
and caused a great eruption from the earth beneath a cloud from above to pour down great quantities of rain and, and hail. And so much by the rupture of the earth, very many were in great danger and some were killed. The fire was extinguished and Thessala preserved. Chapter 6. In the meantime, Paul, together with Onesimus, uh, on Ephorus, his, uh, his wife and children, was keeping a fast in certain cave, which was in the road from Iconia to Daphne. And when they had fasted for several days, the children said to Paul's father, uh, said to Paul, Father, we are hungry and have not uh, wherewithal to buy food. For only for one Sophias has left all his substance to follow Paul and his family. Then Paul, taking off his coat, said to the boy, Go, child, and buy bread and bring it hither. But while the boy was bearing, buying the bread, he saw his neighbor, Thessala, and was surprised and said to her, Thessala, where are you going? She replied, I am in pursuit of Paul, having been delivered from the flames. The boy then said, I will bring you to him, for he is under great concern on your account and has been in prayer and fasting these six days. Then Thessala came to the cave. Now I want you to notice something here. And this is why I tell you about fasting and prayer. They were fasting and praying for this woman for six days. And during that time, these things transpired. So you see the importance of prayer and fasting. When Thessala came to the cave, she found Paul upon his knees praying and saying, O Holy Father, O Lord Jesus Christ, grant that the fire may not touch Thessala, you see, but be her helper for she is thy servant. Thessala then, standing behind him, cried out in the following words, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the Lord of thy beloved and holy Son, I praise thee that thou hast preserved me for the fire, from the fire to see Paul again. Paul then arose, and when he saw her said, O oh God, who searches the heart, Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, I praise thee that thou hast answered my prayer. And there prevailed among them in the cave an entire affliction to each other. Paul, Onesphorus, and all 
that were with them being filled with joy. They had five loaves, some herbs and water, and they so last each other in reflection upon the holy works of Christ. Then said Thessala to Paul, If you be pleased with it, I will follow you whatsoever you go. He replied to her, Persons are now much given to fornication, and you being handsome, I am afraid, lest you should meet with great temptation. Then the former and should not withstand, but be overcome by it. That's a reply. Grant me only the seal of Christ, and no temptation shall affect me. Paul answered, Thessalonians, wait with patience, and you shall receive the gift of Christ. Chapter 7. Then Paul sent back Osephus and his family to their own home, and taking Thessal along with him, went for, went for Antitoch. And as soon as they came into the city, a great siren named Alexander, a mag, mag, magistrate in the city, who had done many considerable services for the city during his magistracy, saw Thessala and fell in love with her, and endowed by many riches presents to engage Paul in his interest. But Paul told him, I know not the woman of whom you speak, nor does she belong to me. But he, being a person of great power in Antioch, seized her in the streets and kissed her, which Thessala would not bear. But looking about for Paul, cried out in a distressed loud tone, Force me not, who am a stranger, force me not, who am a stranger of God, who am a servant, sorry, of God. I am one of the principal persons of Iconium and was obliged to leave that city because I would not be married to Samaras. Then she laid hold of Alexander, tore his coat, and took his crown off his head and made him appear ridiculous before all the people. But Alexander, partly as he loved her and partly being ashamed of what had been done, led her to the governor, and upon her confession of what she had done, he condemned her to be thrown among the beast. Chapter seven, uh, chapter eight. <clears throat> Which, when the people saw, they said the judgment passed in this city are unjust. But Thessala desired the favor of the governor that her chastity might not be attacked, but preserved till she should be cast to the beast. The governor then inquired what would entertain her upon which a certain very rich widow named Tryphena, 
whose daughter was lately dead, desired that she might have the keeping of her. And she began to treat her in her house as her own daughter. At length a day came when the beasts were to be brought forth to be seen, and Thessala was brought to the uh, amphitheater and put into a den in which was a exceedingly furious she-lion in the presence of a multitude of scepters. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading this wrong. Um, Furious she-lions in the presence of a multitude of spectators. Um, Tryphena, without any surprise, accompanied Thessala, and the she-lion licked the feet of Thessala. The title written which denotes her crime was sacrilege. Hmm. Uh, sacri uh, sacrilege. Then the woman cried out, O oh God, the judgment of this city, city are unrighteous. After the beast had been shown, uh, Typhina took Thessala home with her, and they went to bed, and behold, the daughter of Tryphena, who was dead, appeared to her mother and said, Mother, let the young woman Thessala be reputed by you as your daughter in my stead, and desire her that she should pray for me that I may be translated to a state of happiness. Upon which Tryphena with a mournful air, said, My daughter, Facolia, has appeared to me and ordered me to receive you in her room. Wherefore, I desire, Thessala, that you would pray for my daughter, that she may be translated into a state of happiness and to life eternal. Then Thessala heard this, she immediately prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord God of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ, thy Son of the Most High, grant this her daughter, Falconia, uh, may live forever. Tryphena, hearing this groaning again, and said, O unrighteous judgment, O Oh, unreasonable wickedness, that such a creature should again be cast to the beast. On the morrow at the break of day, Alexander came to Tryphena's house and said, The governor and the people are waiting. Bring the criminal forth. But Tryphena ran in so violently upon him that he was afflicted and ran away. I'm sorry. Um, she ran in so violently that he was frightened and ran away. Uh, Tryphena was one of the royal family, and she thus expressed her sorrow and said, Alas, I have 
trouble in my house on two accounts, and there is no one who will receive me, either under the loss of my daughter or my being unable to save Thessala. But now, O Lord God, be thou the helper of Thessala, thy servant. While she was thus engaged, the governor sent one of his own officers to bring Thessala. Tryphena took her by the hand, and going with her, said, I went with Faconia to her grave, and now must go with Thessala to the beast. When Thessala heard this, she weeped, praying, and said, O Lord God, whom I have made my confidence and refuge, reward Tryphena for her compassion to me and preserving my chastity. Upon this there was a great noise in the amphitheater. The beast roared, and the people cried out, bringing, bringing the criminal. But the woman cried out and said, Let the whole city suffer for such crimes, and order all of us, O governor, to the same punishment, O unjust judgment, O cruel sight. Others said, Let the whole city be destroyed for this vile action. Kill us all, O governor, O cruel sight, O unjust judgment. Then Thessalonia, this is chapter 9. Then Thessalonia was taken out of the hand of Tryphena, stripped naked, had a girdle put on, and threw into the place appointed for fighting with the beast, and the lions and the bears were like loose upon her. But a she-lion, which was of all the most furious, ran to Thessalonia and fell down at her feet, upon which the multitude of women shouted aloud. Then a she-bear ran furiously towards her, but the she-lion met the bear and tore it to pieces. Again, a he-lion who had been walked to devour man and which belonged to Alexander ran towards her, but the she-lion encountered the he-lion and they killed each other. Then the women were under a great concern because the she-lion, which had helped Thessalonia, was dead. Afterwards, they brought out many other wild beasts, but Thessalonia stood with her hands stretched towards heaven and prayed. And when she had done praying, she turned about and saw a pit of water and said, Now this is a proper time for me to be baptized. Accordingly, she threw herself into the water and said, In the name, in the name, O oh my Lord Jesus Christ, I am this last day baptized. The woman and the people seeing this cried out, and said, Do not throw yourself into the water. And the governor himself cried out to, to think that the fish, uh, sea calves, were like to devour so much beauty. 
Notwithstanding all this, Cecilia threw herself into the water in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the fish, the sea calves, when they saw the lightning and fire, were killed and and swam dead upon the surface of the water. And a cloud of fire surrounded Thessala, so that as the beast could not come near her, so the people could not see her nakedness. Yet they turned other wild beasts upon her, upon which they made a very mournful outcry. And some of them scattered Spicknog, and others Cassica, and others herbs of Jerusalem, or Lady Rose, others ornaments, so that the quantity of ornament was large in proportion to the number of people. And upon this, all the beasts laid as though they had been fast asleep and did not touch Thessala. Whereupon Alexander said to the governor, I have some very troubled bulls. Let us bind her to them. So, which the governor with concern replied, you may do what you think fit. Then they put a cord round Thessala's waist, which bound also her feet. And with it tied her to the bulls, to whose private parts they applied red-hot irons, that so they, being the more tormented, might more violently drag Thessala about till they had killed her. The bulls accordingly tore about, making a most hideous noise, but the flame, which was about Thessala, burned off the cords, which were fastened to the members of the bulls, and she stood in the middle of the stage as unconcerned as if she had not been bound. But in the meantime... Tryphena, who sat upon one of the benches, fainted away and died, upon which the whole city was under a very great concern. And Alexander himself was afraid and desired the governor, saying, I entreat you, take compassion on me and the city and release this woman who has sought, who has fought with the beasts least both you and I and the whole city be devoured. For if Caesar should have any account of what has passed now, he will certainly immediately destroy the city because Tryphena, a person of royal extract and a, and a relation of his is dead upon her seat. Upon this, the governor called Thessala from among the beasts to him, and said to her, Who art thou, and what are thy circumstances, that not one of the beasts was touched, not one of the beasts touched thee?
Thessa replied to him, I am the servant of the living God, and as to my state, I am believed on Jesus Christ, his son, in whom God is well pleased, and for that reason none of the beasts could touch me. He alone is the way to the eternal salvation and the foundation of eternal life. He is a refuge to those who are in distress, a support to the afflict, hope and defense to those who are hopeless, and in a word, all those who do not believe on him shall not live but suffer eternal death. When the governor heard these things, he ordered her clothes to be brought, and she to put, and she to her put on her clothes. Thessala replied, "May that God who clothed me when I was naked among the beasts in the day of judgment clothe your soul with the robe of salvation." Then she took her clothes and put them on, and the governor immediately published an order in these words, I release to you Thessala, the servant of God, upon which the woman cried out together with a loud voice and with one accord gave praise unto God and said, There is but one God who is the God of Thessala, the one God who hath delivered Thessala. So loud were the voices that the whole city seemed to be shaken. Tryphena herself heard the glad tidings and arose again and ran with the multitude to meet Thessla and embracing her said, Now I believe there shall be a resurrection of the dead. Now I am persuaded that my daughter is alive. Come therefore home with me, my daughter Thessla, and I will make over all that I have to you. So Thessala went with Tryphena and was entertained there a few days, teaching her the word of the Lord, whereby many women were convinced. And there was great joy in the family of Tryphena. But Thessala longed to see Paul and inquired and set everywhere to find him. And when belinked, she was informed that he was in Myra, in Lacinia, she took with her many young men and women, and putting on a girdle and dressing herself in the habit of a man, she went to him to Myra and Lucia, and there found Paul preaching the word of God, and she stood by him among the thongs. Okay, and we're going to stop here now at chapter 10. We'll pick up from this tomorrow. I hope this has been a blessing to many of you to understand how important it is to have faith, to believe, even when it seems though it's, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's out of your hands. You can't control it. Uh, believe and know that God is working in your behalf and that things will turn out right. Okay, everyone, this is uh, Minister McMillan. Let's pray out and close out for the day. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word and for the 
for the uh, interpretation of this word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping us to understand the importance of your word. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. And again, we thank you, Lord, for this word today. Amen. Amen. Okay, everyone, this is Minister Macmillan. Have a blessed evening and good night.